Professor Mikhail Tansum is with us today to try and explain to us um, about his latest report for ELIAMEP, about the strategic significance of the Philia Forum and uh, how Greece can play a growing role as a strategic player in the Eastern Mediterranean and not only in the Middle East also and the Gulf region. Um, thank you, Professor, for accepting our invitation and having this discussion for us. Oh, you're quite welcome. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, um, a few weeks ago, the Philiam Forum hosted in Athens highlighted exactly what I said in the beginning, Greece's growing mm -hmm. role as a strategic player and in the Eastern Mediterranean, but also in the Gulf region and the Middle East. You wrote also in your latest Eliamep report about exactly the strategic significance and beyond shared concerns over Turkey's foreign policy or cooperation on security issues. Uh, what does this summit tell us exactly? Do you believe that Greece's potential role in the region could be far greater than we see now? Well, thank you. It's an excellent question because the report was on that. It wasn't on the Philia Forum. It did mention the Philia Forum. Uh, the title of the report, the beginning, is Greece's Rise as a Trans-Mediterranean Power. So Greece's significance is very far beyond what we see just in the security terms, because what we're, the, the big game is trans-Mediterranean commercial connectivity, uh, energy connectivity, commercial transportation connectivity. Uh, and this is what Europe is focused on, but not only Europe, Russia, China, Turkey, and the Gulf states. Uh, and what we're speaking about in Greece's case is two corridors. It is a, a strategic shift for, for Greece. What we have is a great scramble across the Mediterranean uh, to connect, first of all, with Africa. Uh, the economic future for most countries in the world is connected to Africa. And I want to explain that in one statistic for you. Why? By 2025, there will be over 100 cities in Africa with over a million people. To put that in perspective, right now, Europe has only 15 cities at most with over a million people in the city itself. Africa will have over a hundred in four years. And so Africa is the new China in that sense. Uh, Chinese companies are moving to Africa for the inexpensive labor markets to be there in the consumer markets. Of course, there's the uh, untapped natural uh, resources, agricultural land. So we have three emerging corridors. One is based in Morocco, a Western corridor that before COVID-19 was fairly advanced. It was the leader. Then a middle corridor based in Algeria and Tunisia, and perhaps Libya, but that is in a very rudimentary state. And a lot of countries are jockeying there for position. But then you also have an Eastern corridor, uh, which now looks like it will become the most advanced corridor. And that is the hub of that corridor is the partnership between Greece and Egypt. Uh, what you have is the massive transshipment port of Piraeus, right? With you take Costco's uh, rail freight service through the Balkans, from Piraeus you can reach uh, the Czech Republic, Austria, Germany, Poland. 
On the other side, you have Egypt's Mediterranean ports, which are expanding their capacity to partner with Piraeus. And then Egypt is building rail connectivity to the lion economies. These before COVID-19, these economies were growing over 6%. The lion economies of East Africa. So you basically have Greece as the European landfall, as a geopolitical gatekeeper from Northern Europe all the way to the equator. This is a radically different view, a strategic view for Greece. They're at the heart of it with Egypt as the most important partner. And similarly, there is a corridor from Greece to the Middle East, what I call the Greece to Gulf commercial continuum. So uh, what we're talking about there, Egypt is also part of it because of its connectivity across the Red Sea to Saudi Arabia, but you have uh, Saudi Arabia, the UAE, um, and Israel. I would also throw in Jordan and, and Bahrain. So we have two corridors where Greece can play an essential, essential role. And so, whereas, you know, during the Cold War and then the post-Cold War period, Greece was seen as, um, had a, just a particular role in the Southern, uh, Southeastern Europe. Now it is kind of returning to a more natural, uh, historical role as a connector between Africa, Asia, and Europe. But this is a significance that is beyond the security because what we're seeing is a development of economic relationships between all these countries in these two corridors where Greece is the leading edge for the European Union. Where Greece needs to relate to the European Union differently and, and the European Union has to have a paradigm shift toward Greece so that they can cooperate to develop these corridors. It has to do what uh, you said to us about um, the port of Piraeus, but uh, do you think that there is a point of concern for the West because China has a foothold in Egyptian ports and infrastructure, but also at Piraeus? And uh, we saw in the past that the European Union and also the United States were uh, concerned uh, about uh, the growing role of China. Okay, yes, that for the United States and Europe is a very big concern. What this is also what this means for Greece, though it has more of a strategic autonomy. As we've seen Greece step out of the European framework for its security relations, uh, we have a parallel phenomenon. Especially what we see is the Eastern Corridor that I'm calling in front is now uh, becoming the most advanced precisely because of Chinese investment, because you have Piraeus on the Greece side, but China is the dominant player in, in the ports in Egypt. And they're the ones that are expanding most of the ports uh, on, on Egypt's Mediterranean coast and in the Suez. It's China that's building a $9 billion high-speed railroad from the southern end of the Suez to the Mediterranean, which will really help accelerate this corridor. Uh, China, and I could list many more Chinese investments. So, but this is really the fault of the European Union, uh, of not engaging as a partner with Greece to develop this. Any, any space 
that the European Union cedes will be filled by China, Russia, or Turkey, or the Gulf states. So in this sense, it's a real problem, first of all, uh, with before COVID-19, the European Union was challenged to come up with a coherent policy towards these corridors. And now what we see, um, it's even a, a more pressing challenge. But what this means is the more Greece develops its relationships, uh, first of all, economically, the more attractive it should be for the European Union. But also, it should alert the European Union that if they don't partner with Greece, Greece will find partners outside the European system. And that's not just true of Greece, that's also true of Italy and France when it comes to the cor other corridors as well. Well, so uh, um, in this approach, how do you feel about certain EU countries supporting Greece? Uh, if the EU shifts its approach to the region in light of Greece's growing diplomatic and commercial initiatives, will there be EU countries like France, or as we mentioned, or Italy, that will support Greece? All right. So it's an excellent question. And the country, it would be surprising to you, that, that is supporting Greece right now actually happens to be Germany. This is not only is it the critical window of opportunity to establish these corridors, but the timing for Greece is spectacular because Greece is emerging out of its economic doldrums and it is developing its innovation economy, a green innovation economy. So let me explain. Uh, the Bloomberg Index of, of Innovation, listing, ranking the top innovative economies of the world, ranked Greece as 30. Now, Greece is always rising up. I, I don't have to explain to you. Greece has a new thriving startup scene. To put that in perspective, the UAE is 43rd on that list and Saudi Arabia is 53rd. So there's a natural synergy where investment platforms in the UAE and Saudi Arabia should invest in Greece. So this is uh, very good. Now, the, the, the important point for Greece, and I will get to Germany, France, and Italy in just very quickly, is that many countries just think of Greece as a transit state. See, Greece's geography by itself is not sufficient. What I've learned uh, from my uh, research and analysis of these corridors, they only emerge when the transportation infrastructure is anchored in manufacturing value chains. And so what that means for Greece is Greece has to start opening manufacturing plants, production facilities in other countries in these corridors, uh, particularly Egypt, but I would also point to Sudan, and then even in the Middle East countries. Uh, and they can do it as joint ventures between Israel, UAE, Egypt, or Saudi Arabia, Egypt, UAE, some various common multilateral combinations. So uh, Greece has it uh, with, if you combine its um, Innovation economy, which is the, the future as electric vehicles, solar panel manufacturing, these can all be extended in the corridor and should be extended. Now, why do I say Greece, uh, Germany is, uh, is the lead? Because Germany 
uh, has been investing uh, in Greece's green innovation economy. Uh, the German firm Next Ego Mobile is building an electric vehicle plant in Greece with a 100 million euro investment and a technology innovation campus. And that campus should be made uh, regional in these corridors. Uh, a Volkswagen is invested uh, 20 million euros to take Astipalaya, the island, and make it all entirely green on running on renewable energy and electric vehicles. So Greece is really at the cutting edge. And then you have the Tilos project, which started earlier in 2015 with EU funding, and Germany was a central part of that. Uh, Unis Energy, uh, the Greek company, is the lead in, in making uh, Tilos uh, run on renewable energy. Uh, the later uh, deals that I mentioned were really you find with the new democracy government, which is a, a leading edge. Uh, it's building on policies that were put into place by the Syriza government, the previous government, but there's a much greater forward-leaning position with the new democracy government, and that's why we're seeing very important economic agreements with the UAE and Saudi Arabia. So Germany can play an important role. And here is where I feel it might seem counterintuitive. Germany should play an important role with between Greece and Italy and Greece and France. Now, France, as we know, they recently sent the Charles de Gaulle uh, aircraft carrier into the Eastern Mediterranean, has supported Greece militarily in joint exercises, but really France should be encouraged to do the same through joint ventures. Now, Italy is a different case. Egypt is Greece's second fastest growing uh, export market. So it's a very important partner. Now, Italy is the fastest growing export partner for Greece. But aside from that, Greece is treated as a transit state by Italy. So, for example, the TAP pipeline, the Trans-Adriatic pipeline that we saw that in December that became functional, is probably a, a very good symbol of, of, of the connectivity, but the role of, of putting Greece as a transit state, because 62% of that pipeline, the longest segment of that pipeline, traverses Greece's landmass. 62% of the pipeline. But Greece is not a partner in the pipeline. In fact, the owner, one of the owners, uh, the transmission operator in Italy, actually, SNAM, they actually own uh, DEFSA, right? The Greek transmission company. And now uh, Italy's national um, railroad company owns uh, the railroad operator in Greece, not the tracks itself, but the operator that organizes all the trains and all the conductors and all the train personnel. So that all occurred when Greece was in a different place. So Italy has to look at Greece differently. But, and this would be not so easy because Italy has, all, has been focused on trans-Mediterranean connectivity for 20 years, for the last two decades, they have a strategic concept called Il Mediterraneo Allargato, the enlarged Mediterranean. And by focusing on Mediterranean markets, which includes the African markets, Italy has become 
the second largest manufacturer in Europe, second only to Germany. And they have surpassed France. In fact, Italy's sold production exceeds France by one third. And that is all because of Italy's focus on Mediterranean markets. So the EU system has a very pressing challenge to encourage synergy and cooperation between Greece and Italy. Competition between Greece and Italy will only damage the European Union, and I would argue damage both Italy and Greece in the process. So I think in that case, the country that could broker, uh, uh, facilitate more synergy is Germany. So uh, Professor Tansum, what do you believe that Greece should do in the next years if Greece wants uh, to play that leading role? Okay, it's very simple. Uh, Greece has to open up manufacturing facilities in the countries of the corridor. Let me explain. You know, Egypt has is going to be an energy superpower. It already has 12 gigawatts surplus electricity. It wants to have 61 just from renewable energy by itself. So they're building, China opened up electric car factory, is opening up an electric car factory. Well, there's a great, uh, to create a photovoltaic value chain. Greece should open solar cell manufacturing or solar panel manufacturing in Egypt or even in Sudan. In fact, there was solar cells Hellas uh, in 2017 under the previous government was in discussion with Egypt about it, but it went nowhere, didn't materialize. And the same with Namco. I mean, Egypt now is building electric cars uh, Namco, uh, the national automotive company of Greece, the ones who make the pony, have a, a very interesting modular production process that would be, and that is efficient in, in small quantities, that would be very suitable for the African context. But again, Namco was in discussions with Egypt in 2017. They even tried a little bit later, but nothing materialized. So one specific thing is, is to streamline the partnership between Egypt and Greece because Egypt is the main partner. But again, bringing in the UAE and Saudi Arabia. So, you know, I wanna say, when I say this, it sounds funny, right? Because say, well, Greece is just getting, uh, how can it go beyond its borders? But Greece's economic borders are the Eastern Mediterranean, are these corridors. This is the future for all countries in the world. And Greece is positioned at a leading edge, so it, it needs to move forward in this direction. Professor Tatsum, are you worried about the hostilities from uh, Turkey, or, although now we are in exploratory talks and we, uh, Greece hopes that uh, um, uh, maybe there will be a normalization in their relations with mm -hmm. Turkey. Uh, we saw Turkey approaching Egypt. Um, we see um, the problems that Greece has with Turkey, uh, are you worried that uh, Turkey could be an obstacle if Greece wants to follow the path that you are describing to us? Okay, now you ask me two different questions. Uh, first of all, it would be fantastic if Greece and Turkey could cooperate in these corridors. 
of all of Turkey's exports enter Turkey by the sea, most of which comes through the Eastern Mediterranean. So Turkey needs a peaceful Eastern Mediterranean to prosper. As you know, Greece is the only country with the merchant fleet over $100 billion. It's the largest merchant fleet in the world. Likewise, is a big player in ocean-borne commerce. So uh, there would be great synergies to bring Turkey into this, and it could be using the connectivity as a way of creating new win-win situations, uh, especially with the green economy, renewable energy, to incentivize a new relationship between Turkey and Greece, Turkey and Egypt. Uh, but short of that, for Greece's own national interests, it has to develop these corridors. And I don't think any country um, could greatly interfere. I think it's, it's the, the biggest obstacle is the clarity uh, and skill at which Greece executes its relationships. And what we see with the new prime minister and we have with the minister of economic development and openness, uh, you know, who used to be the head of foreign development at Chipita, these people are very capable. You know, it was the, it was the minister that signed um, the agreement with the CEO of Volkswagen and signed the agreement with Next Ego Mobile. It was, it was he who signed the agreement when uh, the prime minister was in Saudi Arabia, that Greece and Saudi Arabia signed an agreement with Saudi Arabia's space agency to develop satellite technology. So these are the kinds of things that Greece needs to do more of. Doing that, Greece will set the terms of its relationships with other countries in the neighborhood and with countries in uh, with the EU system, with European member states and the EU system as a whole. Well, Professor Tansung, thank you very much for this discussion. Thank you. Oh, you're quite welcome. You're welcome. Pleasure to be here.